Today we have a 404, as in the 404th edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Hopefully this online-only information content is what you're expecting, whether it's your first time reading or listening, or if you're a regular by now. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, always scouring the internet to bring you more on what's happening. Thanks for reading or listening. On today's show, in six days, you'll have a choice of when to take a daily train to Roanoke or the District of Columbia. The University of Virginia is to establish a sustainable lab at Morven Farm. Governor Yunkin appoints four to the UVA Board of Visitors. The board of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority gets an update on finances, and the New Hill Development Corporation gets a state grant to help launch a commercial kitchen to incubate new businesses. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Summer Reading Challenge put forth by Jefferson Madison Regional Library continues. You and members of your family can earn points for prizes in a variety of ways, such as reading for 30 minutes a day, reading with a friend, creating something yourself, or visiting the library. You can also get two points just by telling someone about the Summer Reading Challenge. So I've already done that once, so I don't get those two points today. Visit jmrl.org to learn more about this all-ages opportunity to dive into oceans of possibilities. A deal between the Virginia Passenger Rail Authority and Norfolk Southern closed on June 30th, which means additional passenger rail service will begin next Monday through Charlottesville. According to a release, the state entity will now own 28 miles of track between Christiansburg and Salem that will allow for the expansion of passenger rail to the New River Valley in a few years. Norfolk Southern Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer Mike McClellan is quoted in a press release stating that the agreement expands access for passengers and preserves an important link in the supply chain for businesses that rely on freight rail. The first daily service on the Northeast Regional began in 2009, and ridership was triple what had been forecast. The train was extended to Roanoke in 2017, and this year has seen a return to pre-pandemic boardings. The second train will begin on July 11th, according to the release. The train will stop, like the other one, in Alexandria, Manassas, Culpeper, Charlottesville, Lynchburg, and Roanoke. According to Amtrak spokeswoman Kimberly Woods, Amtrak will now offer morning and afternoon options in both directions between Roanoke, D.C., and the Northeast. To learn more and to book tickets, check out Amtrak's press release. There's a link in the newsletter. There's also a study underway to determine if Bedford would be a viable stop. I'm planning on taking it as soon as I can. A nearly 3,000-acre farm gifted to the University of Virginia in 2021 will now officially be used by the institution as a sustainability lab. UVA Today reported last week that the Morven Farm property, now owned by the University of Virginia Foundation, will be used as a place to study environmental resilience and sustainability. Morven is currently used for meeting space and is the home of the Morven Kitchen Garden, which has been run by a student group for several years. According to the article, that use will continue and space can still be rented out by educational groups and for nonprofit events. 
At a bureaucratic level, authority over Morvan will remain within the provost's office, but will now be transitioned to the Academic Outreach Division from Global Affairs. Acting Director of Programs Rebecca Deeds will become the full-time director. In a quote in the story, she said that she's excited to activate it as a living laboratory while pursuing new programs and practices that support and elevate UVA sustainability goals. Morvin, in case you're wondering where it is, is located on the other side of Carter's Mountain, in between Trump Winery and Highland. Governor Glenn Youngkin has made his first appointments to the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors, with terms that took effect this past Friday. They are Bert Ellis of Hilton Head, South Carolina. He's CEO and chairman of Ellis Capital, Ellis Communication, and president of Titan Broadcast Management. Stephen Long of Richmond is president of Commonwealth Spine and Pain Specialists. Amanda Pillion is an audiologist with Abington Hearing Care and Abington ENT Associates, and a member of the town council in Abington. Doug Wetmore of Glen Allen is senior vice president of Centauri Health Solutions. The Board of Visitors next meets at a retreat on August 21st and August 22nd, followed by a regular meeting on September 15th and September 16th. Both events are in Charlottesville. Hopefully, both will still be available on YouTube. Previous meetings can be viewed on YouTube, and I'm hoping to dig back into the June meeting for a future segment here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. Intrigued? Drop me a line via email, and I'll give you a preview. And if you know anybody who would like to learn how to write these kind of news stories, send them my way and we'll figure out a way to pay for it. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's house-fueled public service announcement, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society wants you to know about an upcoming exhibit at the Center at Belvedere, featuring portraits of several historical figures active in the Charlottesville area in the 1970s and 1980s. Frances Brand was a folk artist who painted nearly 150 portraits of what she considered firsts, including the first black mayor of Charlottesville, Charles Barber, and the first woman to be mayor of Charlottesville, Nancy O'Brien. Brand's work will be on display at the center from July 5th to August 31st in the first public exhibit since 2004. That begins today. And if you'd like to help conduct community research into who some of the portraits are, Civilpedia is looking for volunteers. I will be leading four Civilpedia 101 training sessions at the center every Monday beginning July 11th at 2 p.m. You can sign up at the center's website. Two segments to go today. We're still just days into Virginia's fiscal year but the fiscal year of the city's public housing agency is now entering its second quarter. The finance director of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority has this to say. Here's Mary Lou Hoffman. Overall, against budget, we are on target. At the end of the fiscal year, one issue was a backlog of unpaid rent by tenants. CRHA staff continued to find sources of revenue to cover arrears through state rent relief programs and reaching out to local resources. Here's Executive Director John Sales. Around March, we were at 229,000. We're currently at 126,000. And so they're constantly talking about the tenant accounts, which is a big focus that we have to have. It was one of the areas that HUD dinged us on years ago 
for our accounts being so high compared to uh, the amount of rent we're collecting. Sales said one issue has been getting into contact with residents to get them set up with rent relief payment arrangements. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development classifies CRHA as a troubled agency due to a pattern of issues over the years. Sales said getting the finances correct alone will not change that status. The only issue that we've had so far in our audits is the physical conditions. And so we've, we're working to address those issues. And so we had our physical audit in March and um, all of the emergency work orders were addressed. Another issue is tenant damage, which can also affect the HUD status in the audits. Sales said a maintenance plan will soon address this category of repair. Redevelopment is underway, and two sites have been transferred to a new ownership structure in which the CRHA owns the ground, and a limited liability company has been set up to own the buildings for a certain period of time. An entity controlled by CRHA, known as the Community Development Corporation Commission, controls those LLCs. This allows the projects to be financed through low-income housing tax credits issued by Virginia Housing, as well as other sources. Technically, there's still our responsibility. We own the land. We have the management agreement. We have several loans attached to each development uh, that will eventually either get paid back or get forgiven when we uh, get the property back, retain, get back ownership of the property in 16 years. HUD oversight of the public housing projects will continue, but it will be different because there are different kinds of subsidized units in the same buildings. We'll have public housing units, so they'll get one office will be inspecting them, and then another office will we'll get inspection from LATEC, we'll get an inspection from HUD. The LITEC units would be inspected by Virginia Housing, which issues the credits in the Commonwealth. Late last month, Virginia Housing's Board of Commissioners approved low-income housing tax credits for this year. Staff recommendations had been to not recommend credits for the first phase of redevelopment for Phase 1 of 6th Street Southeast and additional credits for a second phase at South 1st Street. The board went ahead anyway. There are three vacancies on the CRHA Board of Commissioners, and Charlottesville is taking applications through August 5th. The terms of Commissioners Maddie Green and Laura Goldblatt expired at the end of June, and Green is not seeking reappointment after filling an unexpired term. Council will make the final appointments, and you can apply in a link in the newsletter. A Charlottesville nonprofit created to increase wealth building opportunities for black community members has been awarded a state grant to develop a place for culinary entrepreneurs to grow businesses. Here's a press release for the latest Growing Opportunities grants from the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. The New Hill Development Corporation will stabilize and grow food and beverage manufacturing activity in the region by opening an 11,500-square-foot shared commercial kitchen incubator in order to provide food entrepreneurs with a cost-effective space to produce, package, and distribute tradable manufactured products. The Beacons Kitchen Project is the only recipient in the Charlottesville area. According to the release, the project will create 90 jobs, 28 new businesses, at least 30 new tradable food products. New Hill is offering a food business boot camp on August 3rd and August 4th. 
The New Hill Development Corporation was created in 2018 and received $500,000 from the city council later that year to create a small area plan for the Star Hill neighborhood. That's the site of the raised Vinegar Hill neighborhood. The plan envisioned what a redeveloped city yard might look like, but was converted into a vision plan by the city's Neighborhood Development Services Department. Other GO Virginia grant recipients in June include $530,000 for Laurel Ridge Community College to build a strong workforce pipeline for Region 8 manufacturers by offering an advanced manufacturing sector-focused career pathway training program. $402,075 for school systems in Fauquier and Rappahannock counties to develop college-level courses in robotics and drones to high school students and adult learners through a workforce development program. There's a $391,528 grant for a talent supply connector for the Virginia Career Works Piedmont region. That would create a career pathway guide for employers and developing a region-wide database of relevant training offerings. That's in an area that includes Green, Louisa, and Nelson counties. And another one is $324,000 for a company called Vectorspace to facilitate the implementation of expanded programming and equipment centered around workforce development and entrepreneurship for underserved populations. That's for Bedford and Campbell counties, as well as the city of Lynchburg. Read more and find out. And that's it for this installment of Learning More and Finding Out, otherwise known as Charlottesville Community Engagement for July 5th, the fifth day of the new fiscal year and only the second installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But do go back and look at the week ahead for this week, as well as the Government Glance. That Government Glance project is something I'm doing where I'm basically doing a week ahead, but for the entire fifth congressional district. This is kind of exciting to me, and it's also what Patreon supporters are supporting this kind of experimental stuff. It's already making me do the week ahead a little bit better, and it's changing the way I look at a lot of different things as I learn about what happens in other communities. What can we learn from them? What can we learn? And what can we find out? That's the whole point of my brand of journalism. And I am grateful to be able to do this. Thank you to all of the supporters. Of course, as you know, the company Ting will match your initial contribution through Substack. I do know this is confusing. It's This is the third year of this business. I'm going to figure a lot of this stuff out. But I'm still in the second year, so give me a couple weeks because... July 13th, I think, was the first installment of this program. Maybe? Possibly? I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I know is that it's time to get on to produce 405, which I think is a highway. Life is a highway. I am now rambling. Even more proof I should write these bits down rather than let them ramble on until you hear the bell at the end. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Send it on to somebody else. Stay safe. And all of the above.